I don't wanna go to work I just wanna chill and play All day Look him dead in the face and say I wish I could just be still asleep while you work Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Jobs Blow Podcast with Brianna and Josh. The podcast for dreamers with day jobs. We are so glad to be back here at Comic Strip Live in New York City, bringing you some more guests, some friends, some inspiring stories. We hope you have been following us so far. We really do appreciate all the support and all the followings, all the likes and shares. And we're almost, we're coming up on our 20th show. Oh my this God, is 19. 20 shows already. This is 19. Is so. it really? This is 19. Yes. Right, we're getting, what do we had, 1,000 followers? on Twitter yes way to go Brianna yes, but we really but we do appreciate more. all the support we have a great guest today but you know don't forget while this podcast was born out of our frustrations we're here to inspire you as you pursue your dream jobs and we pursue ours I love it hi Brianna hi Josh how are you I'm all right how are you I'm good what's been going on this week um, just getting ready for the end of school um, and waiting to hear on the interviews I've done. And has America Got Talent got back to you guys about the, uh, the Janet Jackson routine? No, they have not. Oh, sorry. Damn them. Yeah, well, it is what it is. You just keep moving. Keep picking yourself up, right? Right, right. Keep moving forward, as some of our guests have said. Uh, yeah. What are you doing? I, I'm going to set the timer. <laughs> Did you set a timer? No, I didn't. I'm just setting the timer. You can feel free to edit this part out. Cool, cool. I had a good week. I think I had a good week. I'm not sure. I did get a new job, though. Uh, this summer, starting July 1st, is uh, is Camp Dad. Oh. Yeah. 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 Camp, camp Dad run by- We should combine our camps camp. because I'm having camp. Oh, my God. I'm also having a camp. When I used to be a camp director, I used to have to plan like trips and activities for the summer for the campers. So now I have all these activities, Monday, Tuesday, beach day, aquarium, art class, soccer. You're more than welcome to join. It's for the low, low price of pay your own way. And I'll meet you there. And well, I'm so excited. I'm really intrigued that you are going to do all these things with two kids under the age of six. Yeah. Yeah. You know what? I actually. That sounds like hell on earth. You want to know what? I'm pretty. I used to take 40 kids out into the world with like two or three other counselors, and we would go on these adventures. But how old were they? They were older, truthfully, but they were also kind of rambunctious kids. They weren't kids that were like. The way I used to explain it is like, you remember like elementary school, and the teacher said line up, and there was like one kid that just could not get his ass in line. I had 40 of those kids. They were all you. Who are you kidding? Making jokes and this. But I, I did it. So I said, look, I got two little ones. You prepare. You bring what you need. You know where you're going. You bring things that you need. You don't panic. And I've done it a few times. It's not that it's not stressful. I'm exhausted. But like little trips around Queens and Brooklyn, New mm-hmm. York. And uh, we'll see what happens. And uh, I'm excited. So if you want to come, you and Ella, you're more than welcome to join well, us. thank you. And so will our guest today. Who actually we have a camping connection. All right, let me introduce him. He's an old friend of mine. He's a young guy, but an old friend of mine. He's maybe my oldest camp friend. Maybe I think so. I think World's so. Worlds colliding. We Yet went again. to Camp White Oaks together back in the day, nineteen eighty-seven, maybe. I like that year. sleepaway so, camp. Right. Yeah. Uh, at the time, and I have, I have I have now reconnected with him. But at the time before this, the only thing I remembered about him was that he had the smallest nipples that I'd ever seen on a human being, and he used to show it off. Really funny. We was were a t- champ. We Small were eleven. They had champ. a contest. It was really strange camp. There's a whole, that's a whole that other is fucking a strange episode. Strange. <laughs> that's a whole other episode. How am I? supposed to look at him now throughout the show they're tiny nipples oh, they're right there bizarre. but he's a filmmaker and he's a writer he is the founder of precision pictures uh who i now do some work for as well and he's just a general mensch and a good guy and he's the star writer creator producer of the upcoming film finding sandler please give it up for david seth cohen did we get, oh, thank you, thank did we you. get a studio audience at some point i yeah. am the studio with audience. my applause this is like uh, you know how like watch what happens live has 10 people we we have like one person and it's me. We have laughing. a dog. We have <laughs> oh, a dog. We yes. do have a studio audience. We have a studio dog. Lola? She's sleeping. She's sleeping. Aww. Anyway, David, thanks for coming on the show today. How you doing? I'm doing good. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. You guys are doing a, a really cool job with this podcast. Appreciate it's interesting. It. It's funny. I like your games and uh, it's clever. So See? I, I wish Thank you. Guys you. The best See, Ellen DeGeneres. You should be listening. Right, you Ellen, need come to, to the help show. You do your game. Do you remember the the White Oaks days, or did you block it out? Because I blocked out a lot of it. I remember a little bit. I remember playing uh, like tennis, baseball, right? And, um, 
certain things, you know, like that, like people's underwear being hung on the flagpole. But right. Besides that, uh, carrying yeah. carrying goose shit in like a in a plastic spoon when you got in trouble. Did you ever have to do yeah, that? Yeah, that never happened to me. Oh my Wait, god. Wait, so did you guys go for the whole summer or just a few weeks? It was a whole summer. Yeah, eight weeks, yeah, solid eight weeks. Upstate really? New York. Yeah, like four weeks. Well, your was parents it, really did not fucking did not like you. Like no, they, they weren't fans. We no. uh, four weeks in, and they came for visiting day, and then they'd leave, and that was it. This was like I think old... that's an eighties parents thing, oh, though. Yeah. I swear to God, I grew up thinking my parents can't wait till I graduate and go away and I feel the exact opposite about my child I will <laughs> lock her, her up and never let her leave me that's funny well I mean look we were in like old Catskillian type uh, buildings like it must have been that kind of resort filled and then with they, asbestos uh, and... yeah, oh I mean <laughs> oh, those God. places must have been if a, like a health code director went through there during that time they would have Easily failed. We didn't have yeah. we didn't have supervision. I don't even we, know if there were seats on the toilets. I there mean, weren't. I, I remember having to do like the air. We had. The air were dumps. there girls at this camp? There were. We had yeah. like fraternity brothers running the camp. It wasn't like. See, I would never ever let my daughter go to a camp. Oh like my! That. You didn't know never... the parents were like, oh, it's great. all the parents are doing it. We it were like, all, <laughs> it, it was a good experience though. It was a lot of fun. They had like a lake there. It was beautiful. The, the, That's true. the grounds were beautiful That's and true. um, and the counselors were all like super cool and um. The, the staff there everybody was so so great it was it was they made you feel welcome right away and that was the best part about the camp that was that was but there were some there were some weird things there were things that would go that were going on then that could not go on they people would get arrested if they went on well, that's good today but anyway dave and i met those days i really honestly remember like the first time i rem- like first memory i have is you is like winning some smallest nipple contest and them hoisting you up on someone's shoulder and you with your arms in the air being like yeah! <laughs> like what did we win mcdonald's french fries or something yeah. <laughs> it was- well, is not. that your moment that you feel like you peaked? Truth be told, I, I don't remember <laughs> that moment. I do remember, like, you know, being the champ, but I don't remember too much more than that. You blocked it out. Yeah, I, I have a different camp memories. Yeah, so. oh, well, that's my, good. Mine will be a one man show where. For uh, some reason, everything about it. Josh revolves around boobs, whether they're men or women. Oh. Well, boob, well, boobs rule. That should be your podcast. You guys uh, know me yeah. so well. That's our podcast, yeah, David. That's our podcast. Yeah. But so, uh, no, uh, real quick, um, Josh was younger than me, so. Um, yeah, we weren't in the same bunk and, um, you know, I definitely remember Josh, you know, being there and did you ever tell anybody your, uh, your nickname? Oh, Buster. I mean, it's kind of, <laughs> kind of obvious. Buster Hyman. Mm. Yeah. That was Josh's <laughs> nickname. And his brother was Papa. No, Popper. 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 Papa. Mm. Popper. And then they called my sister Haza and we were like, that's <laughs> it. The best part about that was my parents' first visiting day. They came to visit and people were walking by going, Bust. They 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 realized they didn't know my real name, and in front of my parents, they were like, Bust! "Oh, right!" And I was like, "It's okay." They, they know. probably. Oh. I had no idea what did it they was. They even understand. They did, but I didn't. I was uh, ten years old. I didn't know it was a vagina. I don't what know. My mother about? found colored hmm. condoms in my drawer when I was like in high school, wow. I, and I didn't even know what they were. I t- took them from somebody's dad's car. He had them in the glove box, and we thought they were funny. I may have known what we they would were. have been such but good friends growing up. Re- Come regardless, on. my mother found them and thought they were candy, and oh her boyfriend God. had. This is explains why my mother got pregnant three times and you know okay anyway Good. so we started it all great <laughs> david's on the show today david's got this great story about the journey that he's been on uh in film production and writing and uh like i said uh we kind of lost touch over the years and then a few years ago uh we reconnected he has a company called precision pictures and, and uh, another f- a film company called legitimate rascals right Films. legitimate rascals also but for precision pictures you do like a lot of production work and you asked me to come on and together we started building that out a little bit, writing commercials and and uh, production sides, things that, that companies needed. And then I started, you know, really getting involved or at least seeing you developing these film projects that you're working on. And it really just it blew me away because it it is so it is so hard. There's so many spinning wheels, and he's doing it. A lot of it. He's got help, but he's also doing a lot of it on his own. He's been pushing for a long time. That's the cool story and the journey. We can't wait to hear about. But before we do that. What do you consider your current job title right now? Oh man, um, I guess I just call myself a filmmaker and a and a visual storyteller. Um, I guess that would be my title. Okay, can I call you General Mensch because you're just a good guy? Sure, All right, go good. for it. And he's Jewish. All right, so why don't you tell us about a job you had before we move forward? A job that you had that blew. Mm. Oh, that's that's easy. I had a lot of jobs that blew. Um, the first job I ever had was the worst probably or up there for the worst. I I worked at Food Town, which is now I believe mm. ShopRite. We had Food Town. Yeah. 
And so um, I was a leveler. So a leveler basically takes, so you know when you go to the supermarket and it looks like everything's filled up? Well, that's usually because the leveler pulls everything forward, forward. right? Uh. So, so I was the guy that pulled all the product forward. And I'll never forget, um, they were serious about the job. And, you know, I was like, oh, you know, I'm a leveler. Like, you know, <laughs> at 15 years old, big snowstorm. I called my boss and I said, hey, um, I can't make it in today. It's snowing and I only have a bike. He goes, well, ride your bike in. <laughs> I ended up riding my bike in the snow to work. And uh, How that job blew. <laughs> How far? Well, it, was, it also uh, strikes me. Like a couple miles. I feel like a level a leveler should be a tall person. Well, I had some things to stand well, on. Why? How um, tall is David? Can you tell from him sitting here? <laughs> David's not I, tall. I just am picturing him also struggling to reach the high well, items. Oh, absolutely. Considering that I, I our, climb, I climb. Our le- our most recent couple guests have been like over six three. <laughs> and what are, what are you? I don't know, like five four. Oh, I'm five four too. Yeah. All right. This is people. a room of shorties. We're, we're, we're blessed. Today. We're, blessed. Wow. we're blessed today. Wow. We're blessed today. We all look good for our age and right. our size. Yes. <laughs> starting to get starting to get gray hair. So you were so you were a leveler that that just sucked. You had to pull uh, the items it forward. Was miserable. Did you get in trouble if things weren't like pulled to the front? I mean, there were you know there was always somebody busting your balls there. Yeah. Wait, did you pull them to the front and then fill in the back? Or no, just you just pull... pull them to the front. Interesting. Did you find that you were so into the job that you would go to people's houses and like adjust their, their picture their frames? Their negative. negative. Uh, <laughs> I, hate, I hated the job, to be honest with you. I couldn't wait to get out every day. Well, fuck Isn't you, it funny? shop right like, there. What, what was the... Foodtown, Foodtown. Foodtown. Sorry, Foodtown. Uh, we had a Listen, guest... Don't, don't, tell, don't say fuck right, fuck you, shop right, because... You might want to get them as a sponsor one day. That's right? great. So hey, Shoprite, we love your items. We love yeah. you, Shoprite. We'll just edit this whole, Keep on leveling, baby. I use all your plastic bags for garbages in my house. So, <laughs> Shoprite. <laughs> yeah. Wow, you that empty is, the garbage huh? a lot. Those little bags. Yeah. Well, you know why? Because you have the incinerator, so you can't have a big uh, bag. You can't stuff that in there. So yeah, I have like li- I literally have a con- collection of shopping bags, pl- little plastic shopping bags all over. It's the only way to throw out garbage. Not the point. Anyway, give us your dream job. What's a what is your or is this are you living your dream job or what is your dream job? Uh, I'm trying to live my g- dream job, but um, uh, in all honesty, I'm not there yet. Um, my dream job is to just continue making films, uh, make films that are successful, that um, move people in one way or another, whether it's for for a laugh, for a cry, or whatever. Um, keep them on the edge of their seat. I, I like. Um, to me, it's it's all about the reaction that people get. I've always been about reactions. So, right. So, did you always know this was wh- what you wanted to do, or did you start in any other field and then transition? Yeah, when I was a kid, I like always loved entertaining. My cousin, um, at an early age, uh, would write like scripts, and we would perform for our families and do like little shows and then we started making movies and and stuff like that and as I got older um, a close friend of mine uh, Brad Stoll uh, became an actor and would go auditioning uh, all the time and he eventually landed some big stuff Um, one of them was a movie called Lost in Yonkers and then he was I took all my friends to see that on my birthday that year because he was in it it was a great it was a great movie and he and he was the lead narrator of the film, yeah. and he played the older brother. He had a really nice part. Richard Dreyfuss was in it, and Mercedes Rule, and um, and he also was on Broadway and on television. And so that was kind of inspirational, you know. It was like, oh, I have a friend that made it, you know. Um, this is at like thirteen. We're like twelve, thirteen. I, years I was old. I was yeah. a year older, so oh, right. so I was like fifteen at the time or so. And right. but um, just keep in mind too, like we would do camp plays. And Brad would just be like, eh. We were like, ah, we're, we're the actors at camp. And, Brad, and then, like, two years later, you're like, he's in the movies and on Broadway. He and where a, is he now? He, un- he passed away. Unfortunately passed away. Oh, my God. He passed away. Well, so the, the story continues where I didn't realize that film and television was an actual business. You know, when you're a kid and you're watching movies, you're like, holy shit, this is great. But you don't think, like, oh, there was a lot of money put into this and these people are making a lot of money. And when I got to college... I was a pre-law major. That was my, I was uh, American, it was uh, government classes, and I had taken a couple of government classes, and um, during my junior year, I I happened to be in an intro to film class, and that same year, I believe it was that same year, Brad passed away. Oh my God, so young. Yeah, yeah, he he was 20 or 21. He just had a sickness. Yeah, and so um, I kind of, Something kind of hit me, like, then, like, if Brad could do it, I could do it, and, you know, why not try it? I love, you know, from the minute I 
directed my first film where you had to cut in the camera, and I saw my first cut go from, you know, a wide shot to like a, a side shot, and it worked. Um, I fell in love with it, and um, to the dismay of my family, I switched my major to mass communications with a concentration in film and television, and that's kind of how it happened. Wow. So big love to Brad and big love Brad to Brad and his family, yeah. and uh, we miss him. And uh, he was just a good guy, and super yeah. talented. Watch that film, Lost in Yonkers. He was just amazing in he that. Played film. Jay, he played Lost Jay, and he was so good. Yeah. Um, but then you know, so moving on, you you graduate college, yeah. and then you cut. You didn't get right into well, you did, but you got more into the production side, right? Well, so the funny part is, so I graduated college, and. I knew I wanted to work on a movie or get involved in a in, with a production company that was making movies. I just always wanted to, I wanted to do movies. I wanted to make movies, and I reached out. Literally went down the the production four one one book and called every single production company in Manhattan. Wow. Couldn't get a job with any of them. Mm -hmm. And um, so actually, Brad's dad, a guy named Howie, Howie Stoll, uh, hired me for. Uh, as a, a photography assistant at his photography studio called Pace, which is no longer around. Right. And, um, and I worked as a photography assistant. While that was going on, my cousin connected me to a lady uh, who is a costume designer on films and television projects, and she had uh, given me some numbers who I reached out to. Nothing came of that. Then randomly, you know, a couple months later, I get a phone call from her saying, hey, um, I have an available job. We need a production assistant. Um, would you be interested? It's a film that's going to be in New York City, so you'll have to come into New York every day. You'll be my driver. You'll drive me everywhere. You'll pick up clothes. You'll bring clothes here. You'll bring clothes there. You won't be on set all the time, but it's a job and a film. Would you be interested? And I said, yeah, absolutely. And right. I said, well, who's in it? What's it about? And she said, well, Adam Sandler's the star, and it's called Guy Gets Kid. And I said, oh, yeah. okay. So she sent me the script, and I read the script, and it's phenomenal. And Big I'm, Daddy. It became Big Daddy. And I was all excited because, you know, growing up as a kid, you know, I was a Jewish kid, right? So growing up as a, as a young kid, Christmas time and Hanukkah time, it's all Christmas songs. And, mm -hmm. and Sandler came up with the Hanukkah song, which was so brilliant, and right. it was so funny and clever and and so, so what year uh, is this about? Give me. 1998 give me. is when I got. Did the Hanukkah job song come out already? By Hanukkah oh, song God, was yeah. already out. Early yeah. 90s. Okay. Yeah, Hanukkah song was already Not out. Not early. He, no he, way. Yeah, it was. It was he not, started. Oh, he's, you did it on SNL, don't right? Yeah. Ever doubt and my then, time? But I. Yeah. Okay, fine. Come on. She, she, does, yeah. she is pop culture maven. Okay. No, that's that's good. Hey, no, you're right. It was early. It was early 90s. He came out the Hanukkah song, I believe, and it was during the Saturday Night Live days. And I always, I always loved Opera Man and. I loved his characters on Saturday Night Live, and then you know Billy Madison, Happy Gilmore. Sure, sure. You know those were great. Um, and then while I was working on Big Daddy, The Waterboy actually came out. And uh, oh, yeah. so he was just you know he was just exploding even more in the in the film sense. It he was time. on the uphill yeah. at that point and ready to right. bust it all open. So before we get, because this is really like the premise to Finding Sandler, the movie that you're making and is basically done, but. Um, you never went, you never stepped into like a corporate situation. You never were in an office as far as like, oh, I'm going to, I don't know, anything, right? Uh, after Big Daddy. Um, what about I, before that? Before that, no. No. So you really just were like, when that moment of inspiration hit in college, you were like, this is what I want to do. Yeah. And I'm just going to do it. And I, I tried, like I said, I tried to get jobs at like companies, mm -hmm. but I couldn't get anything. I couldn't right. get shit. I tried so hard. I remember every single day making phone calls every single day sending faxing resumes faxing. got well, nothing you know i just it, i didn't even think about this before but my younger brother moved to la back in 2007 and ended up working for sandler's production company and went and lived in hawaii in maui the first days were shot there yeah um no no the one he did with aniston Oh, um, just, go they, yeah. just go with it. Yeah, and he worked too. on that movie oh, and literally cool. lived in Hawaii for months. Yeah. But the woman he worked under was a nightmare. Yeah, and you probably all would know her name if I said it because she recently lost a big job. But go ahead. Uh, I don't want to say it. Um, don't uh, worry, she's not coming on the podcast. Well, no, I know, but I don't want to do it. Peer pressure. <laughs> her name do is Heather it. Perry. Oh, I, don't I don't know her. Okay, well look her, <laughs> <laughs> look her up Jinx. because Jinx. she is was something else. But uh, anyway, uh. I forgot that I had that Adam Sandler. Oh, are we jinxing now? Because I got I got something here on my knee. I'm not looking Wait. at it. <laughs> 
<laughs> I still know that. Still know okay. That. So anyway. Right, so wait, 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 real quick. You know what we just did, right? You put the little circle on your knee, and if you look at it, you get punched in the arm. Old camp weight. Unless you put your finger in there, then, and then, then you, you get, get punched, right? Yeah. You get two on that one. Okay. Yeah. Anyway, back. I'm as interested in that as the small nipple story. So <laughs> let's keep going, please. Wait, or goose shit on a plastic yeah, spoon. None of it. Well, that none wasn't me. That was All right. I got in so trouble. So you're a lot. working on an Adam Sandler movie, which ended up being Big Daddy. Right. Correct. And then. Take a so sip. so um, I worked for the costume designer, like I said, and the night of the premiere for the Waterboy, and I know the date, which is kind of funny, November 4th, 1998, my boss says to me, uh, hey, David, I need you to deliver these clothes to Adam Sandler's apartment, give them to the doorman, he wants to wear them from the set for, for the premiere of the Waterboy. Got it. She said, I also need you to take Autumn home. Autumn was uh, another PA in my department. She was like the accounting PA in my department. Mm-hmm. Take Autumn home. And then, um, you know, you could you could go back home for the night. You're done after that. And uh, back in 1998, just to kind of reiterate where we are in time, I didn't have a cell phone. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there was right. no way of contacting anyone other than I mean, my boss had a cell phone, but I didn't have it. And right. So there was no way of like contacting people. Uh, so I I take Autumn in the car and we drive to Sandler's building. I said, I'm going to drop off the clothes before I drop you off. I double parked the car right in front of the building with the flashers on. Autumn's waiting. I go up to the doorman. I hand the doorman the clothes. And he says, hey, just bring them up to Adam. And I said, uh, all right, you know, I'll go up there. And I had been up there once before. I'd, I had met him once before at his apartment with my um, boss. Right. But I had to leave because I had, like, some work stuff to do. So I was literally there for a few minutes. Um, and he was very friendly there even when I went there. So I wasn't, like, overly scared to go see him or anything but it, i was alone by myself this time so mm. it was a little different so so i go to the elevators and and i go i go in i go up and he was like on the 40 something floor like you know and i i remember i get to to his apartment door and i knock and all of a sudden from behind the door i hear who is it what do you want <laughs> i'm like uh i'm sitting there thinking like he's totally fucking with me right now he yells like that at people in his movies and um, I said, hey, it's Dave. I'm just a PA. I'm here to deliver your clothes for the premiere tonight. So he opens the door, and he's got this big smile on his face. And he goes, hey, man, you want to come in for a drink? And I kind of froze for a second. Cause there was like a bunch of stuff going through my mind. First off, my boss will fucking kill me if I stay here and leave Autumn in the car. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, and I got I have more work to do or, you know, whatever. And I, I didn't want to get fired. Not mm-hmm. thinking that, like, hey, Adam Sandler's actually the freaking boss on this movie. Right. right. But I told him, look, I, I can't. I'd love to, but I can't. I got Autumn in the car. I got to drive her home. And, you know, the car's out front. So, um, lo and behold, behind him, his assistant, John Lochran, shows up. John's also in his movies. Yeah. You would notice him yeah. if you had a picture. Um, and he's, He plays he, the cross-eyed guy in Waterboy. Yeah. And he, he recognized me because I used to bullshit with him at the breakfast truck in the morning. Right. And, uh... He's like, Dave, just come in and check out the balcony we got here. I was like, all right. So I go in, and they take me outside, and there's this, like, wraparound balcony. Oh, my God. So I'm out there, and I'm looking around. I'm like, this is fucking awesome, but I got to go. <laughs> and I told them I got to leave, and, and I left. And um, I never had the chance to hang out with him again like that. Like, I never had that opportunity. And isn't it a shame that they weren't that he wasn't just so impressed that you were that professional that you didn't say, fuck the girl in the car. Right. <laughs> I'm staying and having a drink. Well, truth is, I mean, if I had a cell phone today, it would be a quick, simple text. Well, right. Hey, Autumn, right. park the fucking Good car. car. Get, get us, us up, up here. here. Well, I mean, and well, you also <laughs> had to think about what if you dropped her off first? I mean, there's any right. number of ways I, that I got to break this out. down real quick because the rest of the, the, the film that you've been working on since then, right, you know, kind of tells itself and you'll you'll give us a couple of tidbits, but two questions on that moment. Yeah. Did you get in the elevator afterwards and go, what the fuck? Um, I don't remember. All I know is I was kind of in shock that he invited me to hang out. You were probably riding that high. You know, so, like, so I was kind of just like, like, you know, fuck, I wish I could have stayed. Right. Deal, you know what I mean? Like, like nobody, you're, you're being told you might get to get on the set a couple of times and then you just jumped over everyone who's been on set hanging around him for weeks and you're in his apartment hanging out. Well, I, I did get the opportunity to be on set, but it wasn't like everybody. Right. Like, it wasn't like the set right. piece. I, know, right? I, I would come to set with like the bag. So when I would see him, I would always be like, hey, what's up, Adam? And he would say, hey, what's up, man? You know, like he was nice. He wasn't like a dick. You right. know, he didn't ignore me. 
And I think part of that was because, you know, I was a 22-year-old kid at the time, you know. Who's going to be a dick to a 22-year-old? Yeah. Oh, there are plenty of people. Yeah, you but if what, you but say hello, it's... He was, a young, he was relatively young, too. He was. Like, he's 10 years older than me. Right. So what was he in his... Yeah. Uh, 30, 30, 32. Big deal. Now, second question. Why didn't you just run downstairs and go, hey, I'm, da- I'm going to hang. Let me just go see if Autumn can come up, too. I'm going to go park the car. I'll be right back. The truth is, I, I didn't think just of froze. it. froze? Yeah. yeah, it just kind of froze, and... and like one of the biggest thoughts were, were, that was going through my head was my boss is going to fucking kill me if I go in here. Like all she wanted me to do was drop off the clothes at the front desk. Mm-hmm. You but gotta, you didn't go in. You, you were invited in. Right. But you got to understand that like. There's a line. There, there, yeah. And there, there, Plus, when you're 22, only, you don't know shit from Well, well not, not only that, but, you know, Adam's a highly protected let's call him a commodity. You know, mm-hmm. he is he's an enterprise. And anybody that works for him there, there. He's their livelihood. Think about how many people that man's employed over his time as a as a filmmaker. It's a lot of people. Mm-hmm. So nobody wants to step on his toes. Sure. And if I went in and said the wrong thing, and my boss like heard about it, she'd be pissed because it's her livelihood. I got to be honest, just to play devil's advocate here, right? First of all, you're right. And the coolest thing about Adam Sandler, of anybody out there, is he just keeps making movies and he keeps putting people to work. He employs people. He doesn't give a crap about the critics or the ratings. People pay to see his movies. He's an I don't give a fuck kind of guy, and he's awesome for it. That's number one. Number two is I got to just disagree on it. Just, and I know at the time, understand the circumstances, but like I think, and anyone out there listening to this, right, in this situation... When if he opens the door and says "Come on in," then all other everything's off. You know, you can always go back and be like, "I didn't know what to do." He's the boss. He invited me in. I came in and hung out. You know, it's Except not like for you the were fact like, that there was a car double parked in the middle mm-hmm. of Manhattan right. with a girl waiting. In it. I'm just saying. <laughs> no, I'm just saying though, if he if that situation would have been like, "Oh, okay, I'll just go park the car." Is that cool? And he was like, "Yeah," you know, then you're no, in, you've, a- been you've been absolutely absolutely. The the moral of the story here is, if opportunity knocks, answer answer. Mm-hmm. Right. But you did at the time. What you did was really responsible. That's really, really kind of what really I was trying to do. I just I just you know. My mind was thinking, like, again, my boss will fucking kill me if right. I do this. The opposite, though, would have been, to me, I would have been like, I mean, again, hindsight's twenty twenty, right? <laughs> yeah. But, like, you know, Talking the about- opposite would have been like, oh, I was like, hey, man, you guys just hanging out? Is it all right if I come in? And then Adam's like, yeah, sure, dude, come in. And then you get in trouble. But, like, Adam straight up was like, come, and he, he just seems like that kind of guy that he never would have. He never would have, like, what, called him out? You know, like, he just, they invited him in to look out the balcony. But it, Adam, it wouldn't have even mattered if Adam if somebody got wind that he hung out with Adam Sandler and it pissed him off because they were jealous or that could have been the end of his job and quite honestly Adam Sandler might have never known that okay. he lost his job okay. because so of it. So ask you again one more time. Would you have stayed if you had if you get if you could go back in time and get that chance again, do you stay? Absolutely. I would have left the girl in the car. I I it was a once in a lifetime opportunity for me to have a conversation with a guy that I idolized to not only ask for advice, um, tell him, you know, ask him for, you know, where, where he was back in my age. Um, so the advice thing, and not only that, like besides just shooting the shit with like your hero, um, who the heck knows what could have happened? You know, I mean, he might've asked me questions. Well, what do you, what do you want to do in the future? You have, what do you have going on? And, it might have been an opportunity to pitch some stuff, and who knows if he would have liked it. You know, the, the, that's the the what if. Right. That and if always... you know anything about David, he's the kind of he's always got everything in the forefront of his mind. If there's something, if he feels like there's a way, there's an opportunity, there's a story to tell with whoever's present, he does it. And you, mm-hmm. I, you've always been like that. So they even talk about that, right? Your parents talk about that in the film too. It's I just... think so. Yeah. I well, mean, so... I mean, the thing is, I we talked about this earlier. I think everybody has a what if in yeah. their in their career path. I. As I was telling Josh, when I first moved to New York, I was a broadcast major. And I went to an alumni event, and Matt Lauer had gone to my school. This was the beginning of his Today Show. He was still at the news desk. And I went up to him, and I just said, you know, do you have any recommendations? I just moved here. And he looked at me, and he said, come to the Today Show. I'll show you around. And I was like, what? <laughs> so I emailed him, and I went to the Today Show, and was in his office. He up, did not really? lock the door, wow. which I don't know what that means for me. Right. Um, and afterwards, he said to me, um, I'm going to check, see if I can maybe get you to be my assistant. And unfortunately, politics at NBC, you have to go through the page system, blah, blah, blah. Oh, no. I mean, he was still news desk, Matt, not 
big deal, right? Big big deal, Matt. And so I had also been interviewing for a job at a magazine and got that on my own. And so when he said to me, "You can become an NBC page. I can get that for you." Um, I was kind of like, but I, I, you know, I have this great job that I did myself, and I went that direction, and that didn't end well. Did, did you re- <laughs> did you regret it though? I mean, well, you know how that one ended. I they know gave how the it job ended. I wanted we at the magazine to somebody. But so, now, do would do you go back and take that page job? Yes. Yeah. One hundred percent. Although, do I still meet my husband? I don't know. You don't know, and right. And so there are other factors well, big, that you have to... The big to. question becomes now, I'm going to play interviewer, <laughs> would you do it knowing that you might not meet your husband? That's... No, I wouldn't because of my daughter, too. Like, right. there's a whole, you know... And you know, I when you were telling me about that, I was like, oh, I don't have a story like that, and it just occurred to me that I do. Quick version, too, is like I was in college. I was not having a good time. It was end of sophomore year. I started applying to other colleges in New York, Penn State. I got into everything. Ithaca, Penn State, I was going to do more communications. And in the midst of it, my dad was trying to help me out, uh, like influence a decision. He, he had a contact at the New York Giants in their community relations department. And I had been writing a little bit. He got me an interview. And I went down to Giant Stadium. I met with the woman who is still there. She still works there. I met with the woman um, in Giant Stadium. I'm seeing the, the Super Bowl championships. This is, what, in the 90s, so there's only two at the time. And she offers me the job. And I got into NYU. And all I had to do was was say I'm going to transfer to NYU. And I would have been working every other day or something like that at, down at Giant Stadium in their community relations department. And I panicked, and I, I got nervous, and I said, nah, yeah, there's too many changes, and blah, 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 blah. I might as well just well, stay just, in. There's no excuse in. for this <laughs> decision-making. I'm sorry. Oh, I'm the stupid one. So I stayed in Buffalo, of all places, and I had the worst You next... chose Buffalo? I know. Over yeah, well, the let Giants. me go to the really cold weather. <laughs> yeah. I was there already, and I, had, I, I just said the next two years were shit, and I still, to this day, it's the one thing I kick myself for. I should have taken all that right, job. All right, so... You're not right doing a movie based on that what <laughs> yeah. if. I didn't do a movie well, based on my what if. I just want to say one if. thing about that because we got to get back to That's it. That's what I I'm do, getting back to. I want to just say one thing is that I think the because you this story, it is so inspirational in a lot of ways because what I think I want everyone to be listening to and like try to keep this in your mind. When you find yourself in one of these situations, sometimes it's like an Adam Sandler one where you, it just happens in a moment. Be present. Be present and make a decision based on, like, am I going to regret this later by not just saying yes? I had months to think about the Giants thing, and I still fucked it up. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. You probably had a couple days or a week or something. You had a moment, a moment to make a decision. You had, like, the little devil and the little angel on your shoulder. No, Mickey was on one shoulder. Exactly. It really was. It It was like, be professional. No, fuck it. Just go have a drink with him. Be present, though. It was pretty much like that, yeah. Right. All right. So go. So the so what happened? There's a gap now, right? After yeah. you leave, the movie's over, and then yeah, what so, happened? So um, after Big Daddy, I had a bunch of other jobs. Um, I went out to Miami to work on a movie called In the Shadows. Um, I came back from Miami. I got a job at a, a at a Catholic TV station. Um, so after that, I got into my own company, which is now Precision Pictures Ltd. Um, and over the years, I started growing it. I had a partner. Um, we started growing it together. Telecare then. Doing what kind of work? Uh, corporate videos, commercials, uh, sporting events for, ch- for kids on Long Island that um, needed highlight videos to, to, for recruiting for college. Right. I, I got people into college with these videos. They were getting full rides and everything right. like that. It was, it was a cool, rewarding You do some you know, stuff job. for nonprofits too, right? I do a lot of uh, gala and fundraising films for nonprofits. Right. I've helped organizations raise tens of millions of dollars like through film. Um, I've done work for the American Heart Association, right. Big Brothers, Big Sisters of Long Island, um, St. Francis Preparatory School, oh, yeah. St. Peter's Boys High School, uh, the Leon G. Smith Foundation. So, so, so yeah. when when you got where, what year is this now? Where that's all kind of starting sure. to happen? So in in 2006, fast forward a couple of years now, I was producing at the station, and um, I was also doing Precision Pictures. So I was working the two jobs, and my hours were insane. I mean, I would I would leave like my house around 5 or 5.30 in the morning. I would get to, to the TV station around 6. I would work my full eight hours. I would leave, go shoot a sporting event, come home, edit the sporting event, export it. It was like Do it again. crazy. 
and 2006. This is 2006. a solid eight years since yeah. Big Daddy. Now, now I turned 30 in 2006, and it was kind of like a wake-up call. Like, I'm not where I want to be in my life right now. And over the summer that year, I was having these, like, nights where I would toss and turn in bed, and I would think, what if I stayed and hung out with Adam Sandler? <laughs> and the reason I would think this is because he helps all his friends. Mm-hmm. All his friends are in his movies. He's friends with all his, all the people on, on, on the set, you right. know. And I was like, what if, you know, I'm kind of likable sometimes and uh, he might have liked me you never know and so uh over the summer that year in like july or august i i had like this dream one night and in my dream i went to california and i went looking for adam and somehow in my dream i ended up finding him and we started walking and talking and i woke up and when i woke up i felt like it was you know like a, a sign a premonition of some sort like telling me that you have to do something about this or you're just going to regret it for the rest of your life. And so I first thing I did was pick up the phone and, and I called my, my old business partner, Dan. It was like six in the morning or so. And I was like, Dan, I want to make a movie. And he's like, uh, uh, can we talk about this later? I'm like, it's going to be called Finding Sandler. I'm like, I want to go on a quest to find Adam and have the drink I passed up in 1998. He goes, can we just talk about this later? <laughs> I'm like, okay, we'll talk about it later. And this is, we, by the way, shit that he'll do to me. He'll call me at 6, 7 yeah. in the morning and be like, I got this idea. I'm like, you got to call me in a couple of hours. <laughs> yeah, so we hung up, and um, I went into work, and I started telling a couple of the people that I worked with. This guy, Vincent Strinkowski, my old mentor, Bob Constantine, who's no longer alive. Um, yeah. And I, I told them, and both of them were like, we're in. What do you need us to do? And wow. all of a sudden, people like want, wanted to help me do this and it was before GoFundMe. you couldn't uh no start a- <laughs> i didn't have anything like that it's and interesting how a good an idea like that an inspirational thing that, like people are like yeah but it's because that. everybody has a what if and they all relate yeah. to it yeah. you know but so it wasn't just i want to support it was just like i want to be this is a good idea i want to be a part of this yeah. journey mm-hmm. this adventure and so then, then what'd you do when did well so then i started building more of a team i i I approached um, a, a producer I know, um, and he approached a, another producer that he knew, and and then all of a sudden I had this team of people that wanted to help me, and um, we just started shooting. Um, I mean, the first thing that we shot, um, Dan had heard that Emeril Lagasse was coming to town to do a book signing, and he, he said to me, um, Dave, why don't we get Emeril to come and cook an appetizer if you have a drink with Adam? And I was like, oh, okay. Right. So we... No, wait, don't tell us Don't tell us what yeah. happens because yeah. I have seen a, a mostly finished version of the film and all of this is in there. Yeah. And this is kind of the meat and fun of it, the, the, great, the great meat and fun. Can you eat meat and fun? Meat and potatoes. Meat and potatoes, the fun parts of it. So I think, I, look, I'm going to be honest. It's a great... It's great journey to watch you go on this thing especially go from like a younger age and now we're like a little yeah, older how many years have you been the, working on i've this? been working on the film for 13 years That's i started it in 2006 i passed up the drink in 1998 actually november 4th in see you could two, have had a 20th anniversary well, like november 4th 2018 was my 20 year anniversary That's of so passing up the drink funny. wow but you know what's interesting about it and when you'll see it and again i don't want to give out too many details is that you know, why, you're saying why 13 years? Why is it still going on? And you want to answer that, or I can give you my idea. But like, I mean, you know, look, it's it's a super low budget film. Um, you know, I raised the money I raised for the actual production of the film was from my grandmother, my uncle, and myself. And throughout the whole journey, there's been a whole lot of bumps in the road, um, and it, it hasn't been easy. Um, you did go to L.A. I went to L.A. to try and find Adam in L.A. I went to his hometown in Manchester, New Hampshire. I met a bunch of his teachers cool. who actually I'm, I'm very close with today. That's interesting. Um, that's not stalkerish at all. No, but like, you know, <laughs> he was, kidding. you know, your grandmother, your grandmother was helpful too, right? Oh, my, gra- my grandmother was great. I mean, she, she was one of the financiers that helped me get the thing off the ground. Without, without her financing, um, we wouldn't have been able to go to L.A. We wouldn't have been able to... Right. Do a lot of the things that we did. Before he leaves, we should get his picture next to what, Adam. Uh, the Adam. Oh my God! There's pictures here. here at the comic strip of Adam. All I don't over know the place. how high up he it actually is. filmed. You might his have re- to level it up. <laughs> Part of his recent uh, special that he did on Netflix, he did here at the comic strip. Oh, did yeah, he? Yeah, really? he did a couple of a uh, couple of nights, and he used some of that footage in the in the special. Oh, That's wow. awesome. But um, and there's pictures out there with the guys. But um, you know, uh, one of the things I wanted to ask too was um. 
when you were kind of like in this in this journey going through and obviously like you know you said some of the challenges were like you know obviously technology changed so that's been something that you know you've been going back over right like you know updating the technology where you can as far as you know footage and this and that although some of the vintage footage i gotta be honest is really endearing and cool you have such a baby face in it too <laughs> i was 30 years old 30 30 and 30 to 33 when i most think of you were also like five three and a half so <laughs> you're now five, no, four. i think you i was grew. actually five four then and now i'm five, oh you're shrinking got it yeah, you know. um but one thing i want to know and i think everybody would like to know is how how did you Where's your mind at throughout that whole process? How'd you keep yourself going? Where'd you find moments of inspiration or, or doubt? Did you ever just say, I'm going to quit? This is enough. There were a lot of times where I was ready to quit and say, I'm done and wipe my hands clean of it. But what kept me going were the people that helped me. They were always on my mind and like, I have to finish this because I'm not the only one involved in this anymore. It's not just your dream. It's not just mine. There are other people that help me with my dream Mm -hmm. and that want to see it come true. And so it became more than just about me. It became about, you know, the team. Um, And so, you know, I'm not like a quitting kind of guy, but there were a lot of times where it was really hard. I mean, you know, and I've been alone a lot on this you know because there have been stretches where it's just me right um but somehow there's always been people that come in to help bring it back up you know the the previous editor and i i'm going to give him a shout out because he he really deserves it uh this gentleman named anthony marinelli is a a high-end editor he does a lot of commercial work for big brands and uh he's done a super bowl commercial and um, he's a director as well. He does like broad, uh, not off Broadway stuff, and really talented, talented gentleman. And you know, my film was static for a long time. It was just sitting, and um, Anthony uh, took on the project for free and created what it is now. And truth is, like I owe everything to this guy. So you want right? to finish it? To- yeah, I mean, you know, once he started working on it and started sending part of the movie to me as he he would send it in like little clips four minutes here four minutes there ten minutes here and as it was even after the the first four minutes he sent me i was rejuvenated i was in i was like this is what i thought the film could be Mm -hmm. so what's your your advice then to people who maybe are on some kind of journey like that producing their own you also you have other scripts you've written along the way and other projects and things that would be so easily probably just sellable if if and or when Finding Sandler gets out there. Um, but what's your piece of advice for people in your similar situation? My piece of advice is you're going to run through tough times with any endeavor that you make. And if you believe in it and you believe in yourself enough, keep doing it until you get to where you need to be. Well, and, and, I'm sorry. And, and even if you don't get the reward that you hope for you'll still feel comfort in the fact that you accomplish something well isn't it funny too because it's probably taken on such a different thing than it started do you yeah know? well i mean absolutely it's not really about adam sandler as much of it of the idea of yeah, the I mean, drink it, it, and what that right. represents it's finding sandler so Essentially, Adam Sandler was my inspiration. Right. Right. He was what inspired me to do what I always wanted to do, and that's make a movie. Mm-hmm. And so, no matter what, whether he ends up having the drink or doesn't have the drink, oh, which you can find know? out if you watch the movie when Gotta it comes out. Um, either way, I I will thank Adam Sandler for for being that inspiration for me. Awesome. You know. Exactly. And it's a, it's a it's a cool thing. Okay, so that's a, that's it. That's the it's a great story. The film is so good. Once it's out. You will see it. It uh, it's just it's going to get promoted. It's already being talked about out in the news a little bit. And the Jobs Blow podcast. What up? I um, know I, where. Hey, I know where Matt Lauer is. So um, maybe we we should just do one for me. So you want to do like 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 feeling getting felt up by Matt? Is that what we're doing? Oh, man. Uh, Why terrible. wasn't I good enough? Why wasn't I good enough? Uh, you know what? I think in that respect, and I, we didn't even say the the title of the episode, but after that story, I think it's quite obvious that that it sh- it should be called. You don't know Adam. And uh, and Adam is out there, and Adam, this film is really great. And, uh, you know, Dave, you're going to end up probably 
doing other stuff after this, whether or not, you know, whatever happens with this film, whatever exposure comes from it. Uh, you, you wrote other things. What's something else you wrote? Uh, there's a project that I'm in development with called The Ball Boy. The Ball Boy. The Ball Boy. It's, it's, a, it's a tennis comedy. comedy. Um, it's, uh, I would consider it very similar to Dodgeball, uh, The Water Boy. Oh, like Silly Sports Movie. Yeah, like, outrageous, outrageous sports comedy. Sports comedy. Uh, we haven't had one of those in a while. Yeah. Funny. I love that shit. Did you yeah. see the dodgeball on uh, James Corden with uh, no. the U.S. versus the U.K. team? With no. Michelle Obama. Was, <laughs> no. It was pretty funny. Um, That's cool. So yeah. had you raised money for that? Well, yeah. So the cool thing about it is uh, so we've raised $2.5 million of our budget. See, there you um, go. And um, right now we're trying to match the funds in private equity to you know, officially greenlight the project so we could you know move it forward. The funny thing about the ball boy is, when I came up with the concept a long time ago, which you'll get this, was in 1999. When Kramer, did. I came up with it during Finding Sandler, and the reason I came up with it was because I wanted to be the lead actor, and I wanted Adam Sandler to play my hero. And uh, unfortunately, we're both too old to play those roles at this point right. in time. Um, but uh, it's a really cool project, and I hope that that I can still play the, the chubby, fat, older guy. Absolutely, awesome. There's always a role in every that. movie. In every movie. Thank you. Yeah, uh, that is. It's honestly. You see, and that's even that part of the story is just you keep going, you keep you, other ventures, other ideas, other projects, and then you just got to believe that it's all going to come together at some point. If this you just is stay the, on the regular road, conversation Josh and I have on the phone all the time. This is how we keep ourselves motivated. <laughs> just, just believe in yourself, <laughs> and 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 we take and turns. Keep trying. We take turns. Yeah. Josh. Don't give up. Keep believing in yourself. Don't, Don't give, give up. up, and just you know. I love it. Ride the speed bumps. Thanks, Dave. And we are going to actually play our game now, our Fantastic. game. This game is called Sandler Said It When. Oh, no. Ooh. So they're quotes right. from different Sandler movies, Let's and you have you... to name okay. the movie. I don't know if I'll be good at this, but we could try. We'll try. Do some easy ones first. You go first. Okay. Now that's what I call high-quality H2O. The water boy. Okay. Yeah, okay. Uh, stop looking at me, swan. Billy Madison. Um, no, 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 let me see. Oh man, that was so much easier than putting. I should just try to get the ball in one shot every time. Happy Gilmore. Okay. Why did I get all the easy ones? I know. You see that? That was a good one. The one, that one almost touched the ground. Oh shit! I know this. That one almost touched the ground. Big Daddy. Yeah, when that was spitting, out, that was right? when the kid like dripped the spit right. out. You know, the, real that's a, that's actually like uh, something that Adam used to do in in school. Is it really? Yeah. Is that in the film? Yeah. Oh my god. Remember that fat kid on hard copy with the toy gun? The cop zapped him with the taser until he went bald. Is that Mr. Deeds? Nope. I don't know that one. Then. Airheads. I okay. picked Airheads. a hard one that time. I don't even. That know. wasn't an Adam Sandler movie. That was like a Brendan Fraser movie. Okay, this that's is a trick true. one. You ready? He was in it though. It's a trick one. You ready? Yeah. You can do it. That's in like multiple Sandler films. Well, so um, who said it? Well, Rob done. Schneider. Right. In which ones? You, the Waterboy. You... Right. Um, shit. What else? Uh, I don't know, but I know the Waterboy. Big Daddy said. says. It Did he there? say it in Big I Daddy? Think so yeah. No, he didn't because he played. Uh, he played that delivery guy in Big yeah, Daddy. Yeah, didn't he do it in the, in the maybe. when they're when they're skateboarding or something like uh, that? Maybe Steve Buscemi was like the guy near the skateboarding. How about, he's the, no, he's the homeless guy that gets yeah. like knocked yeah. into. How about can I wash my winky in your kitchen sinky? Oh my God, I don't know that one. Little Nicky. Yeah, not Ooh. one of his better films. <laughs> what about this one? Uh, uh, I I just want to make people silky smooth. Oh, uh, the, the, you don't mess with the Zohan. Very good. You're very good. You're my best friend, and I don't even like you. Oh, that's a tough one. I don't know that one. Funny people. Funny, Again, funny I never people. Saw that right. one okay, what about I've, this I've one? only seen that one once. This I thought is it was hard good. One. You ready? I want to make you smile. The wedding Whatever singer. Thank I you for ending that. Sad, no, no, no. Carry you. you to bed when your arthritis okay. is bad. Wouldn't it be so nice to grow old with you? Okay. To wedding grow singer. old All with you. you. Oh, got trumped on that one, Brianna. Okay, there are no Trump talk in this All right, quick, quick question. We got to end it real quick. Where do you see yourself in five years? Um, Hopefully somewhere on a film Having set. Having drinks with Adam Sandler. 
again. What would be really maybe. cool would be to be actually at a table at the Academy Awards with Adam Sandler. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Well, well good... I think that's a big jump for even Adam. <laughs> <laughs> hey, listen, he's definitely a solid actor when he, you know, when he puts it on, and even in his comedies, he can still make you feel something. So he's yeah. a talented guy. You and never you know, know. They're funny. They're funny, yeah. and and you know what? From what I've seen of the film, it just it makes him look good. At, even now, at this part of the film where it's at, it still makes him look good. And he's that guy. Like I, I said, really think I could invite Adam in here, and you two would make out with him. Wait, I wouldn't make out with him. I would make, I I would make out with him. Totally I was going to put my hand on his leg. Maybe, okay. All right. Anyway, give me some social media handles that we can follow and check you out. Uh, Facebook.com backslash David Seth Cohen. Okay. Uh, Instagram is KingDavid1376. Twitter is David Seth Cohen1. What's Precision Pictures so they can uh, see our awesome work uh, that we do? PrecisionPicturesOnline.com, DavidSethCohen.com. All that stuff. FindingSandler.com. FindingSandler. Go check it out. Go at FindingSandler for uh, Twitter. What Finding are they Sandler checking Facebook. out if they go? Just check out the website, FindingSandler.com. Okay. There's stuff up there. Yeah, there's there's definitely some stuff up there. And uh, I'm Mr. Josh Hyman, M-R-J-O-S-H-H-Y-M-A-N, on all the handles, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. Check me out my website. Hey, I got another website out there. You should check it out. It's called bestfriendforhire.com. If anybody needs like a wingman or a best man, I really am the best. Uh, check it out. It's really funny. And uh, honestly, uh, you can hire me, and I will be your best friend and write your And since I'm not all about self-promotion, I'm just here for the show. Listen, this Go whole to Jobs fucking Blow world podcast, is self-promotion. Please. Look at all these people um, doing all of this. Blow. At Jobs Blow on Instagram Look. and Twitter and our website, jobsblowpodcast.com. Josh can also. Bree Haas one on Instagram. If you want to go see what Brianna looks like. And uh, there's all these other great podcasts that are done in here, too, like Misery Loves Company with Kevin Brennan and Kevin Farley on the road and Two Tired Twats. That sounds interesting. It ain't and this, uh, Josh Hyman's starting a new podcast called Anything for Money. <laughs> Anything for Money or uh, Show Me Your Boobs. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> Screw the we dream. Do, we Just should, give we me should money. start a boobcast. Oh, my God. David, that's a you and me thing. I'm in. Brianna's going to be mad about that. Yeah. Anyway, listen, thank you so much. Please check us, uh, check us out online. Please send us a review. Uh, please share us with your friends. Uh, send us an email. If you have a suggestion for somebody else who could be on the podcast, we hope you had a great time meeting David, finding out about Finding Sandler, and hearing more of that story. Brianna, I'll catch you next time. Thank you. Thanks, David. Thank you guys for having me. I really appreciate it. Bye. Bye. I'm too fly for my suit and tie. And I'd rather die than work nine to five. And I'm too fly for my suit and tie. I'd rather die than work nine to five And that's why I don't want to go to work I just want to chill and play all day Look him dead in the face and say I wish I could just be still asleep while you work